Romans chapter 6 tonight. Hopefully we'll have a little time to tell you some good reports of things that is happening in the Oregon District. God's doing a lots of great things right here in our area. Um, I sat yesterday and talked to a pastor for quite a while. Just awesome, awesome things that are happening in the Oregon District. Not way out in, in uh, Bend or way down in and some other one of these cities, but it's right here in the west side, right here in the Aloha Beaverton area, and so I'm excited about things. I believe we're beginning to see the, the beginning and start of the fulfillment of some of the prophecies, prophecies God has given to the palace of praise. Amen. You need to keep praying and believing and doing what we're supposed to be doing. Amen. Romans chapter 6, and we're going to look at verse number 13 here. Verse number 13, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Romans 6 and 14 says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Sin shall not have dominion over you. You. It means you do not have to be controlled by a sinful lifestyle. Amen, folks. You can live above sin. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. See, they were under the law, the ceremonial laws and the law of Moses and things that they were dealing with. And that's what he's dealing with in this portion of Scripture. But people twist that, and we're going to get into that in just a little bit. Romans 6 and 16 says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked, that ye were servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Amen. Today, by the help of the Lord, I want to speak for a few moments on the foundation of grace. The foundation of grace. Amen. You may be seated. We are living in a world that has twisted ideals about God. And we see it even with, you look at Trump's nomination for the Supreme Court, and it's so interesting seeing some of the attacks on this man. Um, I was so appalled by one of the statements made by one of the politicians when they said... <clears throat> He interprets the law literally. One of the hits on this man is he is a constitutionalist. Means he likes to go by the law. That individual went on to say, says law must figure in and factor in, are you ready? social issues. I thought to myself, now isn't that a bad road to travel down? 
when we start making decisions and interpret the law on people's choices. <laughs> social behavior, crime is a social issue too. Because <laughs> people are making decisions to rob, steal, and kill. So when we start trying to interpret the law on what they do or the choices they make, I think that's a bad precedent to say. See, we have judges. They want judges that no longer adjudicate, but they legislate. We don't just interpret the law. We make laws sitting on the bench. That's not a good way to go. You said, that. what does that have to do with this? It has everything to do with the attitude and spirit we're dealing with in this day and in this hour. Here's the bottom line. People don't want guidelines. They don't want rules, and they definitely don't want to be told what to do. <laughs> I mean, if you are an employer, your employees do not want you to tell them what to do. <laughs> I mean, back up the road, you would just fire somebody like that. Now you have to be careful because they'll sue you if you fire them for something like that. Because then it's no longer about them not doing the job. It's about their race or this or that. It becomes a whole different, it's mess. <laughs> But that's the attitude we're living in today. There are so many misconceptions of grace. I was talking to an individual this week. Their thought of grace is totally contrary to the word of God. Grace is not a license to sin. Grace is not a get out of jail free card if you want to sin and do whatever you want to do. Grace is the free, unmerited favor of God. You can't earn the grace of God. You don't, definitely don't deserve the grace of God, folks. I believe there are too many people that believe grace is only a New Testament concept. And that misunderstanding it confuses, it's confusion for lots of people. I believe some of the confusion originates in this verse of John that is so often misunderstood. It's John 1 and 17. It says, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. I believe this verse causes people to categorize things by association. They say law, Moses, Old Testament, grace, Jesus Christ, New Testament. And to an extent, that's true. The Old Testament is definitely law-focused. And the New Testament is absolutely grace-filled, folks. Can you say amen to that? But as I begin to ponder and study this thought, I saw some issues with that kind of thinking. There are Christians that want to build a wall between the Old Testament and the New Testament. They believe the Old Testament isn't relative to us today, folks. They, the part of that reason is how they view grace. How they view grace and how they view the grace of God. They want to construct a wall between law and grace. They want to propagate it's either or. It's either the law or it's grace. They want to teach or at least they believe the Old Testament people lived under the law and the New Testament is only under grace. 
But there's an issue with that, folks. There's a huge problem with that. The concept of grace was the original plan of God. When you look at 2 Timothy 1 and 9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, because it's not merited, it's not earned, but according to his own purpose and which was given us in Christ Jesus. Why? Before the world began. It was in the minds. Jesus Christ wasn't before the world. He was born in Bethlehem. But God has always existed and the plan of God has been set into place. He knew what humanity was going to do because he knows all things, folks. And so he knew there had to be a Savior born. There would have to be a cross of Calvary. There would have to be blood that would be shed. For you to completely separate the Old Testament and New Testament means that you have to separate the God of the Old Testament from the God of the New Testament. So let us look at the God of the Old Testament in regards to grace. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5, we look at Noah. <laughs> Let's look at Noah. <laughs> See, people are trying to separate. That's God of the Old Testament, Jehovah. But now we have Jesus Christ of the New. That was The law is the Old Testament build a barrier, and now it's all about grace. We don't need rules. We don't need guidelines anymore. Look at verse 5 of Genesis 6. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing. I'd get most people in Portland and creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Folks, there were some very wicked people in the day of Noah. Would you agree with that? But there was one man that was righteous, faithful, and committed to walking with God. And that's why we have verse number 8. Because verse number 8 says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, in the eyes of Jehovah. In the eyes of the God of the Old Testament, God was showing grace to a man in the Old Testament, folks. Uh, hey, if he had been, he wouldn't have... Hey, folks, Noah was not a perfect man. If he had been, he would not have needed grace. <laughs> Yet God chose to save him and his family from destruction. Folks, that is grace. That is grace. Look at another man. His name was Moses, Exodus 4 and 13. Exodus 4 and 13 says, And he said, O oh my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. Here's another translation of that. But Moses said, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send one someone else. <laughs> God's calling him to do a special work. And Moses is saying, nah, don't want it, God. Got problems with me. Don't need this, God. <laughs> Folks, Moses, Moses was flawed as they come. <laughs> you say, no, he was stubborn. 
He doubted God. He doubted the call of God on his life. And most of us, if we seen a burning bush, we would kind of believe maybe there is a God here. Can I get a witness in the house? The bush is burning. It's not burning up. That would be kind of a sign like, hey, maybe this is something out of the ed- normal. Maybe there is maybe a God and a supernatural power here. I wouldn't be standing there arguing with a burning bush. I don't know about you, I would just say, yes, Lord, I get the picture. But here Moses is arguing with God. He doubted the call of God on his life, and I think he had some anger issues. Remember the rock? God said, speak to it. Bam, he hits the rock. Why? He's ticked off at the children of Israel. I think he had some anger issues. You can argue with me, but there's more that you can see in his life than that. Yet God faithfully walked with him, and as time passed, Moses learned how to faithfully obey God, folks. God used Moses in spite of his handicaps to lead God's people out of Egypt. But are you ready for this? Where did God speak to Moses about going to Egypt. He spoke to him out of a burning bush on the backside of the desert. Why was Moses on the backside of the desert? Why was he hiding? It's because he killed a man with his bare hands. (laughs) Yet it's this man that God chooses to lead his people out of Egypt. Folks, That is grace. That's the unmerited favor of God to still want to use him, folks. He called a murderer. This is the God, not of the New Testament. This is the God of the Old Testament, folks. The God of the Old Testament was a God of grace. It wasn't just men that God had grace on, ladies. He had grace on women too. I know most of you are perfect and you don't need it. But here's an example in the Bible. Joshua chapter 2 and verse number 11. Here's another example of the grace of God. Joshua 2 and verse number 11. It says, and as soon as we had heard these things. Our hearts didn't melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man or woman because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Do you know who's speaking in this verse right here? It's Rahab. Rahab. Everybody say Rahab. Three times in the Old Testament scripture, she's referred to as a harlot. She was a prostitute, folks. A sinner unworthy of God's grace. (laughs) But somewhere she heard about the God of Israel and by God's providence, folks, two spies sought shelter in her house. Why this woman of all women? I don't think those spies probably had a clue about her reputation. I think they were probably just being led by God. But I believe God knew this woman's heart and the choices she would make in regards to how to handle these spies. The scripture makes it clear. Her lifestyle did not merit favor from God. 
It did not. Folks, even in that city, she was considered one of the lowlifers. Among them, she was considered one of those. Folks, how much more to God? But that's not how God sees it. God doesn't see things the way we see things or judge things the way we judge things. He's a God of grace and a God of mercy, and thank God He is. Amen. But she confessed her belief in their God and asked for mercy. And folks, she got it. But not only her, but also all of her family received mercy from God. In fact, she dwelled with the children of Israel and faithfully served God the rest of her days. (laughs) Now you get your mind around this. I'm still talking about the God of the Old Testament, folks. The one that they say, it's just all law, 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 law in the Old Testament. No, it was more than just law in the Old Testament. Now get your mind around this. You talk about the mercy of God. Look at this in Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 5. We're talking about Rahab. Salmon begot Boaz of... That's Rahab right there. And Boaz begat Obed of Ruth. And Obed begot Jesse. And Jesse begot David, the king. And David begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Uzziah. Wow. Did you realize this is the filth? verse of the New Testament and here's that lady's name mentioned right there she is here being named in the gospel mark as part of the lineage of Jesus Christ a woman that in God's holy scriptures that are right and true lists her three times as a harlot three times as a harlot and that Do you not think that God had control over his lintage? You've thought about that? I think he probably had control over who was going to be a part of the lineage. I think he might have had a little control over whose names were going to be mentioned in the first chapter of Matthew as part of his lineage. And yet, when he controls all those things, he puts Rahab in the middle of this whole line of lineage in regards to his very birth in the form of the man, Christ Jesus. The very one that is going to house the presence of the almighty God in the form of Jesus Christ. God says, I'm going to put Rahab in this lineage. Folks, that is grace amazing grace my God is amazing folks wow God you should have left her out no because it's unmerited favor she didn't earn a right to be in that line but God gave her favor God said I'm going to put you in there you didn't earn it but I'm going to forget about your past because you believed in me Folks, I'm not talking about just the God of the New Testament. I'm talking about the God of the Old Testament. He was a God full of grace in the Old Testament also. 
So here's the point. If grace is found in the Old Testament, then it can't be either or, or law or grace, folks. We know there was the law of God in the Old Testament, but we also know there was a God of grace in the Old Testament. I understand what people are saying. They're saying we're no longer under the law. What they're trying to do is say we don't know, we no longer need rules and guidelines. I know what I'm talking about. I dealt with it this week alone. They're saying, you know what? It's just grace. It's all just grace. You don't need all of those rules and stuff because the law was done away with. You're right. We don't have ceremonies laws anymore. You don't have to bring a goat to church and have it offered. You don't have to follow all through those things now because we're not under the law of Moses, but we're under the principles of the law of the word of God. There is still a law in place today. Amen. The Old Testament was law and grace. Grace was also there. Grace isn't something God does. It's his very character. God wants to show grace to every soul. He wants to show his mercy, which is forever and ever and ever to all generations. See, there was a law and grace in the Old Testament, and there's law and grace in the New Testament. God's grace is the foundation upon which the gospel message is built. Amen. But the law of God gives stability to the New Testament church. It gives stability. It is safety for the New Testament church. These boundaries, these do's and don'ts, the law of God that is here, folks, it keeps us safe from falling out of favor with God. God wants us to stay inside of the boundaries he's established in his word. Somebody shout amen. That's the reason why when we're looking at our scripture text, for sin shall ha not have dominion over you, for ye are not under law but under grace. What then shall we sin? Because we are not under the law of Moses but under grace. He says, my God forbid. Folks, we still have do's and don'ts today, but thank God for the grace of God when we mess up, he's there to pick us up. Woo! Oh, thank God. We still have law and grace there, but we still have law and grace here. I'm trying to talk to somebody today. If you violated the law of God and you've made some mistakes, God doesn't want to throw you away. God wants you to humble yourself. Begin to pray and seek the face of God and say, I'm sorry, God, that I violated the word, your word, your law, but I need grace from you, God. Oh, I need mercy from you, God. See, God still wants to use individuals in this house today. I don't care what mistakes you made this week. There's still a God of mercy. There's still a God of grace at the palace of praise today. Oh, our God is a merciful God filled with grace, folks. Oh, I know one of my favorite songs is what, folks? It's a... It's amazing grace, how sweet the sound. The grace of God gives us access to the mercy of God. The grace of God is here today to give us access to God, folks. You get your mind around this thing. We don't deserve to feel the presence of God today because there's no perfect individual in this house today. 
We have our attitudes. We get mad. We have road rage. We get mad at our bull. We say things we shouldn't say. We have husband and wife fail, yelled, scream at each other. We have attitudes. We fall into sin. We do things we shouldn't do. We couldn't even, shouldn't even be allowed to be in the house of God. But thank God for the grace of God and the mercy of God. You can enter today and feel the presence of our God. Oh, you have to understand in the Old Testament if they entered into the holiest of holies and something was wrong, bam, they were dead right there, folks. But today we walk in here and we're not perfect. But the grace of God says, I'm still going to let you feel my presence. I'm still going to let you feel my spirit. I'm still going to deal with you today. Folks, we don't deserve to be able to praise God today. We don't deserve to be able to worship God today. We don't deserve to be able to sing it to God today. We don't deserve to pray to God today. But thank God for amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. God, thank you for your unmerited favor, God, to this guy right here. There would be no preacher standing in a pulpit. There would be no saint sitting in a pew if it wasn't for amazing grace. Because nobody deserves to be filled with the Holy Ghost. But thank God, he's not only a God of grace of the Old Testament, he's a God of grace of the New Testament. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand and lift your hands and begin to thank God for amazing grace. Oh, I feel the presence of God here. I could preach more, but I think God's in the house right now. We need to make sure God knows how much we are thankful for His grace to us. <laughs> Why you? Why did God give you mercy? Why did God have grace on you? Why not somebody else in your family? Oh, thank God for grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord, I thank you today that you allow me, God, to be in your house. Thank you, God, to allow me to feel your presence. Lord, I don't deserve it, but oh, God, I am thankful, Lord. Thank you, God, for allowing me to lift my hands and praise you. Thank you, God, for allowing me to talk to you today, God, and be able to pray, God, unto you. Thank you, God, for allowing me, Lord, to feel your presence in your house today, God. Thank you, Lord, and all of my failures. You are a God that restores. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, does somebody want to spend some time just worshiping the Lord? Somebody want to spend some time just thanking the Lord today? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You are so good, God, to us, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 The God of grace is in the house. If you made some mistakes this week right now, all you have to do is say, God, forgive me. Oh, God, forgive me. And God can still use you. God still wants to use you. Come on, if you've had some attitudes you shouldn't have, today the house is filled with the grace of God. He'll have mercy on you. Oh, Jesus. Come on, somebody want to pray. Come on, we have some young people who want to seek the face of God. You've been listening to music you shouldn't have listened to this week. But thank God for the grace of God. He's still dealing with you. He still loves you.
Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Merciful God, merciful God, merciful God. Come on, we need to spend some time thanking the Lord. Oh, the only reason why you feel the presence of God and can speak in tongues is because of the grace of God. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, God, for dealing with me, God. Thank you, Lord, for touching my mind and my heart and my life, Lord. You are a merciful God. Thank you, God, for your grace, Lord, to us, Jesus, today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, you are a gracious God, Lord Jesus. You love us, God. You desire, Lord, to use us for your glory and for your honor, God. We don't deserve to be used, Lord, but it's only by your mercy, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Great, oh Lord, is your faithfulness, oh God. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You are everything, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. My God and my Savior and my Redeemer, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty Savior and Redeemer, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You are everything, Jesus. You are everything, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, you are everything, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I hope we don't ever forget where God brought us from. Romans 5 and 15 says, But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. But if through the offense of one many be dead, much more, much more the grace of God and folks, the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, have abound.